Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. So Koth, his eyes uncovered. I am your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... Clyde Haynes. You know what's better than a spaceship? A spaceship shaped like a face. I am Pariah Fitachit. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> uh, tonight we are going to talk about the two-part season premiere of season four of Lower Decks, starting with Tuvix, uh, which is directed by Barry J. Kelly and Jason Zurich, written by Mike McMahon as well as I Have No Bones, Yet I Must Flee, directed by Megan Lloyd and written by Aaron Burdett. Uh, but just a couple of reminders before we dig into these episodes. Um, Paul, where can people like listen, subscribe, share this show? Oh, hey, if you guys want to subscribe to our podcast, it's, we're on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, you can find all links at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content, and we hope you do, for just $2 an episode, uh, you can join our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. You know, I was just thinking, mm-hmm. you know, do people find our podcast elsewhere before they, because, you know, the people mm-hmm. who can hear this actually hear this. So They, they do. So, I mean, I always like to plug where you can hear us because sometimes these random platforms like to go down, you know, like we used to also be on Stitcher. Ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, you know. Interesting. We we try to keep up the links of where you can find us. Um, Also, so that people know if they're like, oh, I have a friend who doesn't have an Apple iPhone. How else can they listen to this show? I listen to on Apple iPod. iPad, Apple Podcasts, that's that term. That's it. (laughs) You got it, you got it. I got it, I found it. Um, Mariah with her eyes open. Boom, again. (laughs) Um, Clyde, how should people uh, interact in the chat tonight if they want us to like uh, catch what they're talking about? If they're watching, write us a letter. You can just yeah. address it, get a stamp. No, um, seriously, if you are watching us live, you're watching us on YouTube stream, and you want to participate, there are a couple things that you could do. One, you can type capital P, capital O, capital T, capital Pod in the chat, and we'll take a look at your co- question, your comment, your funny joke, your commentary whatever you're talking about we'll we'll take a look at it and if it's appropriate and interesting we might even read it on the show now when we get to that special time you want to let us know what you thought about the the episode what your general perusings are you can type capital hf in the chat and we'll take a look at that and if you are a patreon subscriber we have a message from the menagerie which is a so perfect. funny title perfect <laughs> um but if you are one of our patrons you can drop us your thoughts kind of in our message from the the menagerie uh thread and we'll read those we'll definitely get to those on the show um and you can you know drop us notes as you're watching and, and really mm-hmm. participate kind of live for us so yeah that's how you can interact with us in real time indeed okay i think it is time for us to get into some time for some hot breaks um do you guys want me to read some of the messages from the menagerie first while you're collecting your thoughts or do you want to go off the dome and you're ready to go no let's hear from the let's hear from the the, the, our 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 wide and you know listener base our amazing patrons so james worm says i think william boimler is on that mystery ship interesting prediction um karen hot freak i like how they just plop the message wait i can just ask for what i deserve out there i had more bark laugh moments out there in the tuvix up i'm usually more just highly amused throughout lower decks ups but i was taken by surprise for a lot of moments that just startled the laugh out of me there seems to be an unusually high body count going on pondering emojis also moopsie that cracked me up every time don't know why uh, Takako says, Hot Freak, Harry Kim, Mannequin with one pip, LOL. I love that Lower Decks episodes always manage to strike a balance between shenanigans and sincerity. Uh, Tuvixing a verb and reinforced their friendship despite their promotions. I have no bones, yet I must flee. Had a rampaging moopsie as well as Mariner and Rutherford maturing a bit. Also that mystery ship that attacked the Klingons and Romulans. Was that a reference? Are they the big bad of the season? Is it badgy? Is it Peanut hamper, Amigus, oh. someone new, all of them. Who knows? 
Uh, Keen says, Hot Freak, please give us more to Lynn. Her scenes with Tendi are hilarious in an understanding Vulcan sort of way. I wish we had gotten some cameos from the Voyager crew. Tahana seriously needs some therapy. So those are some messages from our menagerie. Um, and again, you can join us at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod and let us know what you thought about these episodes early. And we can get them here on the podcast, even if you don't watch us live during the chat. Um, okay. Klein, what did you think about this episode? So are these, one, I think we'll, we'll probably just talk about both. So you can give okay. us your hot friggin' book. So the first, the first thought that I had was it's been a while since I've watched lower deck. So I haven't really gone back and watched a bunch of the, the, like last season's episode we've got a, a whole crew that does that with the watch alongs and our in our in our slack our patreon squad um i was incredibly pleasantly surprised at how much i enjoyed these episodes and it has it, it makes me want to go back and watch for the easter eggs and the like i wanted to go back and watch the first episode again just to see if i could identify each mannequin Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, wow, like it goes so fast. They're, they're so rich. So from just start off, I was like, oh man, I, I miss Lower Decks. I'm enjoying this. Um, and again, I think the thing I love about Lower Decks that we see right from the beginning of the first episode is this idea of not taking ourselves too seriously. Tuvix, like they came straight out of the gate and in one moment, you had all the reverence of Voyager, which I was really excited about. And they took a shot straight at Tuvix. And then the whole idea of, well, you know, Janeway did something amazing. And, and just the side, no, she straight murdered that dude, right? That, that's the brilliance of this show, that it, it, it takes these very subtle shots of things that we should be questioning <laughs> at a show that we beloved, like mm-hmm. we so, but in a way that you don't really get offended. I mean, I really thought that first episode was was brilliant. And now we have this new big bad. Um, and then finally, the thing that I think was, was that I actually felt myself wanting is Rutherford and, and Tendi to get together. Like I, like there was this oh. moment where I was like, oh, oh, this should be the meet cute. Like, yes. So I, I enjoyed all both of these episodes. I really enjoyed them both. Uh, Paul, what, what are your hot freaks? Uh, I have to say, I totally lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, 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 especially out of the first episode, mm-hmm. like it just came out swinging and like there are so many references and I was going like, oh my God, this is like working on so many levels. Like, like it, it's all, it's almost like, art watching it like you know like like how how fast they're, they're able to give a reference and I'm like oh this makes sense to the person who doesn't know the reference this makes sense to the people who knows reference like it, it, it all works it's true to the universe that's in you know it's all and so it's really top notch and I was, I was just you know like like I really enjoyed how basically the entire episode the first one was a low-key roast of Voyager and how like in the I, best ways possible mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's 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 like with re- love and reverence but mm-hmm. like, you know some of these plots were stupid right <laughs> <laughs> like if you're gonna break the voyager ship you have to break it a voyager way it's done you know you do it with love but like you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like family roasting family kind of thing exactly. where you're like uh, it, it, yeah. it was just so like you're in on the joke if you if you know if you have like you know if you have that like that that history with it and it's just so good like you know i have to say the the macrovirus episode like in voyager not one of the best it's a little <laughs> dumb <laughs> and the fact that they choose that mean, to, <laughs> and, and the fact that they choose to make that like the central conceit of this episode of that storyline hilarious hilarious like you know so you know, I, I I thought it was just, and, and the other episode was was great. It was fun, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, but I just felt like the Voyager episode was a, a great encapsulation of what like seven year a seven year series could be, you know, just sent up in in, in such a way. It was, I thought it was great. Yeah, I I agree with both of you. The first 
episode, I truly like was laughing before the jokes like really even started because the second that they say things like Janeway had to have had a great way to deal with this, like you're just like, if you know, you're already laughing and then like they give you the punchline. So like you're saying, Paul, even if you don't know, they're still delivering all the pieces of information you need to know to laugh along with the show. Um, but but even things like when, you know, when they, they say that twice and then like they have uh, what Phillips go like, oh. I don't know. I'm just happy to be alive here. You know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before before it's revealed. So like, if you don't know, it's it's all so many levels. So, so many, many levels. It's so good. Um, and I really enjoyed in the second episode. We get a little bit more heart. We get to see you know Mariner uh, trying to self sabotage, but someone finally believing in her enough to be like, I'm not going to let you do this either. Also, I'm obsessed with Moopsy. <laughs> fully and completely obsessed with that tiny creature i need it in toy format immediately um but i think yeah i think this is like a perfect one-two punch of like of lower decks in that it is going to deliver on references if you are a star trek fan it's going to make you laugh but it's also going to have some heart and some character development along the way and i think they're really just firing on all cylinders um here's the thing about moopsy that is so perfectly star trek right is that well, well, two things. One, they effectively gave a cutesy voice to a Tribble. Yes. Um, with teeth. Yeah. And secondly, the thing that's amazing to me about Star Trek is Star Trek has this habit of taking something that looks so innocent and cute and then turning it into something so absolutely terrifying. Yeah. That, of course, in the menagerie of all these things that looked so menacing, it's the thing that looks most closely to a Pokemon that is the thing that's going to kill everybody. Like yeah. that is perfectly Star Trek. It's um, I love that space and like the deep sea essentially follow the same rules. It's like the cuter it looks, the more likely it is to kill mm-hmm. you um, is, is, is like a good rule to follow when you're underwater. I'm glad it yeah. still applies in space. Um, let's go ahead and start with Chuvix and then we can kind of make our way down to I have no bones yet. I must flee. Um, we're kind of jumping back in after last season. Um, Talyn has joined our lower deckers. What did y'all think of Talyn as an addition to our crew here? I'm, I, I, I like Talyn. Like you know, I, I liked her in the that episode where, uh, where you did all the lower decks of the various crews, right? The various crews. Uh, so I, I always liked her. Uh, how should I say in the best way? Like, you know, I think she'll play the straight man, straight woman, you know, straight Vulcan <laughs> as far for, for the jokes bits, I guess, like, you know, uh, and I wonder how long that can maintain, you know, uh, everyone else is so big. Right. Uh, and the, part of the joke is that everyone is, is, is really crazy. Uh, do you need a straight person for that? I, I, I don't know. Like I, I like her, like you know, I I always tend to enjoy Vulcans, like you know, uh, but that's that's the question. I, I'm I'm gonna wait and see. Um, like Paul, I loved her in the Lower Decks episode, kind of when we saw her and was really introduced to her and been waiting. Yeah, for, for like, those of you who don't remember, I think was it season two or three? Like there was an episode where we went like Lower Decks on all different ships. Yeah, I think it's like early season three. Yeah. And so and she's like basically uh she helps she helps oh no wait is it no it's the end of season two, right? Or where two. Where, where basically she helps uh reinforce the shields or something because she's mm-hmm. like, you know, the rebel of the Vulcans and then uh they send her away from the Vulcan Academy uh and send her to Starfleet, something like that. That that yeah. so we were we were waiting for her to show up. There we go. You got Chupi. Yes, Wedge Douge was the episode. Yes, um, which is from season it, two. Yeah. yeah, and then she also yeah. pops up in season three. But yeah, but was... it's like super brief. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's just enough for us for them to say we haven't forgotten about her, mm-hmm. and Ooh. so now she's part of the crew. Like I've been, I feel like I've been waiting for this for a long time. This mm-hmm. episode was just kind of like, okay, let's 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 get our feet wet a little bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too high, too low. Um, it felt like Tendi kept trying to pull her into the scene. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm happy that she's here. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she's has gotten enough to do yet. 
I did like in this episode that essentially Tendi and Talyn were the two sides of of the Star Trek fan base in arguing the paradox that is Tuvix. <laughs> so I, I thought they played well against each other. And it is that person who's coming in with like absolutely no emotional connection to the rest of the crew in this particular problem solving space. Um, so I'm enjoying getting to see another character that's kind of this more sciencey, I think, um, you know, all of our main crew are pretty, I'd say big characters. So I do think having a straight man is kind of an interesting addition to the the foursome into the fivesome. Um, we'll see how she fits in. I also love Gabrielle Ruiz, who voices her. Um, so I'm excited to have her. I think again, I, I I see why you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just hope that the chemistry works. But let me ask you this: Let's say I were to merge you two and to, to <laughs> Claria. Uh-huh. Now, how many people on the pod would want me to split Cl- Clyde Raya into Mariah and Clyde, or would you rather keep the sentient being? Like, 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 who, who's going to split gonna, us? Like, I, I mean, know you. I, I know I'd you like might say that, but back, like, you yeah. know. So, so is there really a is there really a, a dilemma? <laughs> I I have always said I think Janeway was correct, and yeah, yeah. there was no other options in her in her. Uh, in the space that she was in, you know? Yeah. No, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, two Vicks, you're, you're great, but like, because the is it, it, I, yeah, I was like, is it a fully separate sentient being? If it's just the DNA and the memories of two separate people, you know, well, they, they make, they go to, to a, a, a extreme point to make it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you um, know, <laughs> But, you know, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, so is this really a false kind of, like, a false dilemma? You know, which is fine because there's a comedy. It's light. You know, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. But I'm, I'm going to, like, I don't know, Tendi. Are you really? <laughs> are you really? Because if it was Brotherford and, like, you know, and Boimler right. together, there, there's no question. Right. Well, I don't know. Maybe Tendi would try to find a way for all three to exist at the same time. I think she would try, at least. Who knows what the conclusion would be. Um I did like that um, Boimler essentially says what we all are thinking are this is some Voyager deep cuts as soon as we start getting some of these hollow um, creatures popping up. Um, We have, I was like, I think I with the clown, Dr. Chaotica and Michael Sullivan, if you all remember, which I think are all Tom Paris creations. No, no, no? the clown, the clown is a, is a sentient, uh, what you call it? Not not sentient, but it, it's a program where like there was they came to a planet, and basically all the scientists had gone into like uh, virtual AI hibernation, and uh, and the clown eventually took over because it was like their fear, and so their fear took over, and the clown's supposed to represent fear. So theoretically, like you know what they did was they they just like uploaded the clown to. To Voyager, because the clown was the clown had captured Bellana and uh, Harry Kim, I believe, and then Janeway had to trick the clown uh, in order to release them. Again, Voyager deep cuts. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. <laughs> deep cuts. I know, I know. It's one of those things. Like, you know, like I, I, if you watch, if you, if you never watched Star Trek, uh, you know, if you've never watched Star Trek, and you decide, okay, you start off with Voyager. Mm-hmm. And you prefer, and you have you know, do you continue? You go. This is whack. This, this I mean, is... I continued and I started I, I, with Voyager. I, 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 <laughs> you go like this is some Doctor Who crap going on here. It's There's all... <laughs> definitely some Doctor Who crap going on. <laughs> Except I don't. I'm not a big. I don't really like Doctor Who. I know. Um, but... <laughs> it's fine. I get the appeal. Um, I did love that the Neelix cheese, which was only brought in so that Neelix could make back a cheese for someone is what saves the day. An unbelievable deep cut. Um, We get a bunch of the Cerritos crew uh, Tuvixed, which I'm so glad is a verb now. Mm -hmm. Um, Tulips. We also have uh, Captain Dr. Meagleman. And then the transporter blob at the end. I mean, the one that really made me laugh too was like the um, Steven Stevens in the in the whale. Whale. What was mm-hmm. your What was your favorite um, Tuvixed character of this episode? I I think for me it was the captain and and the doctor. Like mm-hmm. that was just so like Captain Doctor Meagleman. <laughs> yes, that was just <laughs> well, because like, you took you you took a character 
um you took you took like two really polar opposites characters right for me you took a character i love and a character i could largely do without and you pushed them together and it was like oh man and they came in so like angry at the world (laughs) it was just kind (laughs) of like funny to me yeah i i I who who was Shaq's? Uh, I was trying to figure out who Shaq's blended. With. I was trying to figure out who Shaq's was blended with as well. I didn't catch it, but that yeah. I was going to say as a cosplay, I was like, I'm kind of into that Shaq's for mm-hmm. a cosplay outfit would be pretty cool. But like, who's the who's the uh, the trill? What's her name? The oh trill the, yeah, I, 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 was it her? Potentially, what, what was, I think it was her. I didn't see the spots though. Yeah, I didn't see spots either. Um, and then we have Boim's kind of trying to save the day. I really enjoyed, um, the Mariner Boimler scene, um, where he is trying to get her out of the goo and she's like, you got it. Like, don't worry about it. Um, what did you think of Boimler's sort of big arc here to get to his promotion at the end? So they did something that I absolutely love. Right. And that is... Um, Boimler comes into whatever room where, um, you know, Rutherford and, um, and everybody's being kind of like plastered on the wall and he goes, and they're like, oh, get us out. And he's like, I got time for one and I need an engineer. Right. Which I feel like in so many shows, it's, there's this moment of like, oh, you come in and you've got this big dialogue and let me get everybody. But he grabs Rutherford. They jump in and immediately the person comes back. And I was like, that might be one of the most accurate portrayals of enemy steps out of a room that I may have ever seen on television. Like it was like that. And then and then um, and then Ransom just like, oh, like he caught what he caught. It was like, oh, yeah, that was the right move like Mm -hmm. that. That I thought was a great scene and just stuck with me a little bit. Paul, what did you think of Boimler this episode? I thought he was great. Like, you know, like, I, like there are two, like my two nitpicks. Remember, I lost mm-hmm. my shit. So it, like, uh, this is all, this is all, yeah. all good. My two, uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, nits to pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that like, you know, I don't know if I really buy uh, Boimler going like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get a promotion and then we won't be friends again. I, I, I don't really buy that. You know, like like you could choose something else for like he could just he could literally just been nervous, you know, like yeah. Uh, I mean, do you uh, think it's what he says in order to cover up the nervousness, or is like this is like an easy way out? I mean, I bought it at the time, but yeah, yeah. For me, I, I was going like, and and with the next episode, like you know, uh, and I think Nicole mentioned this, like uh, where I I don't know if I really care about watching Mariner uh, like self sabotage. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's too predictable now, like you mm-hmm. know, like. We've seen it too much, so I've seen it too much. Uh, so I, I, you know, so I'll I'll say, I think when Rutherford said, "Hey, I gave up promotions because I mm-hmm. wanted to be, I wanted to basically sleep near you." Um, not creepy at all. Um, not creepy <laughs> at all. Uh, sweet, kind of, sort of, in a in a creepy way. It's it's like a it's like harassment training. It's sweet if she's into it. It's harassment if she's not. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I was like, I bought it with Rutherford because it just kind of made sense. But with, to your point, Paul, I think I let it go because I was having so much fun. Exactly. But when I look back at it, Boimler has been searching for promotion mm-hmm. for now into four seasons. For him suddenly to be on the verge of a promotion and go... Well, I don't want to lose you guys. Like, I struggle with that. But then when he gave the explanation of, look, like, by the time I came back from the Titan, like, it took us a long time for us to get back together. I want to be careful. I think that's why I bought it. But early on, what I really thought was he was nervous because he was trying not to screw this up. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. felt like Boimler to me. Totally. And I'm told, like, if he had just gone with that completely, it'd be fine. Like, you know, remember Boimler, like, like kind of ditched Mariner mm-hmm. uh, to go to the Titan, so like that's why they, mm-hmm. they it took time for them to. It wasn't because he got promoted; it was because you know he 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 got promoted, transferred, and didn't tell her. 
Yeah. You know, like, do you think then it's more he? I, I wonder then it feels like it probably should have been phrased in a I was nervous to tell you because the last time I didn't tell you bad things happened, but I didn't know how to, you know, then you get into that spiral of like, then I didn't yeah. know how to tell you. And like, what if you're also not going to get it? And then, you know, then you get the reveal from Mariner saying like, no, I'm the one who said you should get this promotion. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, it, it's one of those other things where I would say, uh Boimler if that were the case Boimler would have messed up when Mariner was around like he just kept on messing up completely I think mm-hmm. it's it, it it all you know you shouldn't pull too hard on these strings right like, yeah it, so you know so like I said it it like I watched the first episode and I go like that was a really good episode and I was about to go sleep and then I go oh my god there's another episode mm-hmm. I guess I'm staying up to 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, I really liked in this episode the different animation styles they used as well on the holodeck um, creatures Mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. Also, the fact that we got the salamanders um, were Borgified and the macro, micro, nanites, whatever, were also Borgified. It was hysterical. Um, The curator was also voiced by Andy Richter. It took me a long time to figure that out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I thought he did a great job um and was a fun addition to this episode um yeah i mean i had a really great time with it is there anything else y'all want to talk about with two fixed uh i I had a thought but i lost it um um for for me like you know the one the another nit uh Mm -hmm. one might pick is that like so you know how in that klingon ship Mm -hmm. got, got, got vaporized i was like going Dude, you showed they were the other people in like you know that that lower decks episode, the Wade, DJ, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, they were kind of quote unquote good Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they 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 stopped you know the the packlet and the mm-hmm. the bad Klingon boss from like you know, and so you're like or like how disrespectful <laughs> they <get blown> away. <laughs> they take them out and like it, it wasn't like they messed up either it was like hey let's no. blow this up now there's no honor in blowing this stuff this guy away and then they go oh no we're gonna boom <laughs> yeah disrespect i did notice so i wanted to throw so my first thought theory of this episode of the weird face ship that apparently has like a crazy powerful third eye um mm-hmm. is it it sort of reminiscent to me because we also get the whale ship um in the um in the opening credits and so i'm like what would be the equivalent because the whole theme of this um season is voyage home and we start with voyager and so i did not know that well the the poster is themed after it right um so they've been referencing all the movies for each um uh poster and since we have the whale ship i was like what creature from now would come back in that ship that is like sending a message and destroying all of these things so that's like where my first ponderings Mm -hmm. have gone interesting i I guess like you know like it reminds me a little bit of a voyager episode Mm -hmm. where uh what's her name uh niels's girlfriend well oh um uh, K- 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 uh, Kalis, or no, not the that's a no, it's um, it begins on. with a K, yeah, no, we're bad Star Trek, bad, bad Star Trek people. If we don't, peace, uh, Kess, Kess. 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 Oh. oh my god, <laughs> thank you. We're so we're. we're some of us are old and some of us are just bad. There's been a lot of names I had to look up for this episode, okay? <laughs> hey, just yes, keep in mind, keep in mind, it's 1130 on the East Coast. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, keep in mind that it is like like, like 3 a.m. in Uzbekistan. And <laughs> just, it's late. I mean, I'm not I mean, there. We, we're not, not in there. any of those places, but I'm just but, saying. But it, it's, late. Some places, it's late. Somewhere it's late, you know. You know, yeah. not not to mention Alpha Centauri. I'm not. We're not even going to go like you know no. to Rigel. So anyway, uh, like Kess comes back and she's old, right? Because mm-hmm. she's like seven, <laughs> and, and like she's all she's all angry and she's like blowing up Voyager and all that stuff. So what powerful uh, you know character might we have to come back in that way? Because it felt like that's how Kess's ship came back. 
Mm -hmm. Because the ship was just like floating on and then just crashed into Voyager. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I'm not saying it's Kess. I'm just saying like, like who could it be? (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I was surprised. We had a holodeck episode, right? Mm -hmm. So from the very jump, right? From almost the first scene, we see Boimler and Ransom in the holodeck and like, oh, so this is a holodeck centric episode. Great. I naturally assumed like, okay, so I'm, I'm ready for Badgie. Yeah. No Badgie. What if Badgie's in the ship? I think, I mean, we ended last season with Rutherford's eyepiece um, getting picked up by something that mm-hmm. still had the Badgie program on it. So I feel like that is probably where we're going, but it, the big question is who picked up Badgie? And like the, there's this theme in Star Trek. There is the uh, I think uh, the Changeling and Star Trek uh, the motion picture mm-hmm. where like two things merge and become something different. So like you know there, there's an episode in the uh, original series where this probe gets gets meets another probe and then comes back and it becomes this super killing machine uh, and Kirk, and thinks Kirk's his dad. And there's the V'ger thing, you know, so like maybe Badgie is blended with someone mm. coming back, you know. As Chippy just said, don't they say one life sign? Could Badgie have a life sign? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Takako with the best, the best possible prediction, Peanut Hamper picked up Badgie. Yep, Takako but- is the big winner today. Like uh, saves Mariah and, and myself from like having to do that. <laughs> well done. Uh, well done. Well uh, done. Um, yeah, I mean, last time we saw a peanut hamper, she was locked up um, behind some some glass. Um, okay, let's move on. So if you haven't watched the second episode, we're going to go ahead and start talking about I Have No Bones Yet, I Must Flee. So if you are not ready for that, you can go ahead and hit pause. Come on back because we're going to dig into some spoilers. Um, we start out this time um, with some Romulans who have some banging lighting on their ship (laughs) um i really enjoyed it i also think it's funny that both the klingons and the romulans are both like plotting to take over their own ships as like an interesting parallel between the two cultures um and taking down their captains and the weird headship takes out the romulans and and just so you know mariah Mm -hmm. clyde and i have never had that discussion about Mm -hmm. taking you out we've never had that Mm -hmm. right clyde never no we have not Never. Have you gotten the tea that I sent you? <laughs> you sent her tea? I sent this... her a mysterious package. You did mm-hmm. did you get that? Did that didn't I'll have come to in check the mail? My, I'll have to check my mailbox after this. Um, see what's hanging out. You know, I did leave, I think I did get some tea, but I, I left it out for my spouse. Should he not drink that? I don't know. Like if if, if it tastes weird, I'm sure it's fine. It, okay. It's very yeah. exotic. Very exotic. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> we get a very iconic shacks and ransom stretching scene. Um, oh my God. That was that. <sighs> like I said, lost my shit. If you put them upside. So if you don't know, if y'all are unaware, this is a very, <laughs> very famously kind of cringy scene, but I'm so glad they've redone it to show that you, it doesn't matter your gender. <laughs> you can wear these amazing outfits when it comes to Star Trek. Um, that was uh, Beverly Crusher and um, Troy and Troy stretching in the gym. Um, if you put the scene side by side, they do all the same stretches like in <laughs> in in time with each other. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I think what's beautiful about this is you look at it and it makes you if you have never thought if for whatever reason back in 1990, whatever you watched TNG and you saw this scene between um, Crusher and Troy in their, you know, leotard stretching. And you never had this idea of like, whose bright ass idea was this? Right. And what's wrong with you when you see Shaxx and Ransom do it, it will trigger and go, man, whose bright ass idea was that? And what was wrong with them? No, it it goes, (laughs) it goes one step further. It goes like, why the hell didn't I notice that before? That too. <laughs> it's like the things that we accept, like right now, yeah. you know, in, in 30 years, like you could, you can close your eyes and go like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You know, truly. Uh, 
I do like that this episode essentially rewrites how like sexist and misogynistic that original scene was uh-huh. by being like, no, this is Star Trek where everyone wears this exact outfit when it's their cheat day and they go to do their stretches. <laughs> well, and, and that was was part of what I loved is their conversation was fantastic. Like it yeah. was so meaningful. But they were like, oh my God, what? have you tried scratching the bed and going about when Shaq's is gave some advice about how to get to Anna from out from under the bed? Truly made me guffaw. Like, well, here's what I took away from that, though, right? Is I was like, I was, I was shocked because I was like, wow, I because I thought the whole Shaq's Tiana relationship was really secretive, and it's like, oh no, he opens up to ransom about this and so it showed me how tight their relationship Mm -hmm. was i was like okay right in the middle of like these yoga stretches these aerobic stretches well like 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 one of the uh one of the the episode that uh that i first remember the the stretch is like uh basically there was a quarter betazoid negotiator on board and and Troy is going like, oh my god, this guy is so amazing, blah blah blah. So the fact that Shaq is talking mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, the Doctor in that way, it just it just parallels that the relationship chit chat. Exactly, exactly. It, it's 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 excellent, excellent. Um, when you first heard Ransom say that he's not going to have to deal with Mariner for much longer, or doesn't he's not going to, it's not going to be his problem. What did you all? think was the potential there of what he was talking about yeah like this, this once again because i've been here for four years right for four seasons mm-hmm. like you kind of know that it's not going to be what you think it's like a three's right. company thing three's company mm-hmm. was a tv show back in the uh in the 70s <laughs> in the- <laughs> but, but, but much like where tuvix happened in, in the 70s like you know uh that, that was one, another great uh line there hey where- paul yes can i knock on your door <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm not waiting Everybody's for you. Everybody's waiting for you. Where the kisses right. are hurt. And anyway, and so like, Please come on easy. for those who don't know, like, you know, uh, like who didn't have Nick at night. I used to watch that on Nick at night. Do you guys remember that? Every episode, there was a shenanigan because of a misunderstanding. Yes. Like, something, something misheard. Someone misheard someone. Like, like in some ways they just took a formula and just drove it into the ground season after season and so so here is the the three's company like you know thing mm-hmm. uh, and so i go like okay i know what the trope is it's going to be fine when i watch it but like i'm not watching it for the trope i'm watching it for the 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 lower decks of it all mm-hmm. how so lower decks gonna play with the trope yeah exactly. i gotta agree with you paul so one as much as i enjoyed the nostalgia of three's company I absolutely hate that trope. Like it drives me nuts and probably because they drove that trope into the ground. So because of that, and I think we, you know, we're, we're in the fourth season of Ransom. Ransom, we've actually, I would say Ransom is one of the characters has probably had a significant amount of growth since like episode one. And so the idea, the, the minute that I overhear him say, well, she's not going to be my problem anymore. Like it doesn't even I immediately dismiss this idea mm-hmm. that he's trying to get rid of her because I'm like, oh, that's not his character. Right. That's like he we've seen him be supportive and try and mold her. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen and heard him say sh- she's she's a struggle, but she has the, ma- the the makings of an incredible officer. Like we've seen them have this dynamic. So the idea that he's trying to get rid of her, I was like, nope. This is a threes company episode. It's a, it's a misunderstanding, and I'm going to try and ignore it for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, in the arc of their sort of coming to understanding in this episode, just to keep talking about Mariner and Ransom, I did get a bit of a flashback to the episode where um, they're stuck in that jail, and um, Ransom has to fight, and like sure. uh, he stabs her in the foot or whatever. Where there is like a ping of potential romantic mm-hmm. entanglement, and so. I do wonder if they might bring that back. And and what would you think if there was any kind of romance between Ransom and Mariner? I don't know. I've like, been kind of expecting it. So see, I don't know what, like you're dating your boss's daughter mm-hmm. and she's, and she's like, you know, a subordinate. That's, that's right. a bad look. That's a bad look. You know, that, that's not very Pike of him. 
<laughs> Not very as, yeah. as as someone who is in an HR field and literally had to watch two hours of harassment prevention training um, this week. I agree with you, but I also go, Paul, it's lower decks. So like all bets are off. Like we literally have a bird-like doctor and a massive bodybuilding Bajoran security officer in doing things that I really do not want to A, open i wouldn't under no circumstances oh, am i opening the holodeck door sorry a- cat like yes not a bird a cat like <laughs> doctor i'm not opening the holodeck door and poor Bert boimler who has to oh my clean God. the holodeck i was like well, clyde that sounds like very anti-cat of you or anti-bajoran this is not a good look not a good look <laughs> um very specious <laughs> what i'm <laughs> saying is lower decks throws the rules out mm-hmm. and does whatever they want to do anyway so yeah Fair, fair, fair. Um, speaking of Boims, I loved this C plot of Boimler Goldilocksing his way through different quarters, um, and then at the end having <laughs> having Rutherford oh, yeah. fix the windows in like point two five seconds. Like, I have to say, like you know, like for whatever reason, I could not stop laughing when Boimler went to the first room and like oh, his eyes. I was I was just cracking up, and my wife was going like. Is this really that funny? I go, yes, I don't know why. <laughs> so here, here's why I thought it was funny, Paul. It's it's one of those things where we often think that in the Star Trek universe, everything's perfect. Like they've solved all the things that annoy us. And as someone who has used like seat guru to avoid the terrible seats on the plane or if you are going to the theater or even the movies and you take way too long to pick your seat because you're like, I don't know, is this the right seat? (laughs) Right. Or you've been on a cruise and you're like, I don't know about that cabin, man. That seems like that's going to be a problem. The idea that there are bad cabins on a, on a starship is not something that I'd ever think that we've really dove into because all we ever see is like, we may see a small cabin, but we've never seen a bad cabin. So the, and I'm about to laugh now, but the idea of a cabin that overlooks a nacelle. (laughs) It's like, if you've ever checked into an Airbnb and they're always like, Oh, it's so nice. And so quiet. And then like the instant you walk in and you try to go to bed and there's just like a glaring street light that, and there's no curtains, there's no shades. Like, (laughs) I, it's like, a relatable bit. It's a no, relatable 100%. bit. 100%. It, it was it was great. Like I like you know, it was uh, I like there is some like they're hitting their comic gold here. Like like or or they I hope they're not peaking, but it feels like if they were if this was their peak for their comedy peaks. It's a good peak to have. Like you know, it reminds me of like when Modern Family was really hitting its mm-hmm. stride. You know, in, in some ways one of the reasons why like I don't believe Ransom really getting rid of what uh Mariner Mm-hmm. It's because like the whole there's a very family vibe about the California class. It is this right. crew like it is like modern family where everyone is imperfect, but everyone wants to do the best job. Yeah, I um. What did y'all think of um Captain Freeman, uh, who in her holodeck um exercise is the president of the Federation and she's going to practice her scatting. <laughs> I mean, it, it's totally Freeman, right? Like, you know, she's yeah, she, she's stern and there's a streak of ridiculous about her. Truly. I, I love that yes. they've kept a little bit of silly with her as a character because I think it could have easily fallen into the like, you know, we got those episodes with her where she is always like the underdog who's tired of being the underdog and trying mm-hmm. so hard to move past that. But I enjoy the silliness, I think, of her character the most. I, I mean... When Boimler is just so frustrated, but he yells out, who puts a room in between two holodecks? <laughs> Those holodeck walls are thin. <laughs> like, like, we're hitting some things with Clyde here. You're, you're learning something about Clyde Haynes, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Clyde's funny bone is really thick this episode. Man, I was, I was dying because it was just so ridiculous. But the commentary just hit me like, like that's what you would say like you're so annoyed but you're like who does this like yeah it's like like the person in the dorms who has the room that's between the laundry room and the elevator (laughs) 
There you go. <laughs> it's the worst spot. Like, to why be. even do that? Like, make that a storage closet or something. But like, you shoved a room in there, and now somebody is just stuck with the worst room on the planet. Yes, um, that was hilarious. Like, I like they're just to your point, Paul. The comedy timing. Like, I, I'm hoping they're not peaking, but this is this was this was hitting it for me. Um, back on the menagerie, um, the zoo, we have this, I couldn't, at first I thought this dude was like a banana creature. And then I realized he was a, a tree, um, running this crazy zoo with our, uh, Moopsie who I'm obsessed with, um, and the people who, um, ultimately set him free. Um, but what cracked me up the most through that sequence of events was this poor ensign that was on. <laughs> this trip with Ransom and Mariner to kind of be, you know, a good audience surrogate in some ways to be like, y'all are, you need There's to figure out your shit, you know, like you're messing this up. Um, but the multiple lines about like, so, so much for the replicated pants, <laughs> like truly, I, I, I laughed. I laughed a lot this episode. It was great. <laughs> no, they're, they're starting off strong. Like, taking some big swings here comedy swings and then and then yeah we should it's so so much and then rutherford trying to get his promotion and his <laughs> repeated uh a uh, new nemesis with livick livick yep. <laughs> with multiple like, like, it feels Livic. like they have exactly it feels like larry david's on the staff yeah like, yes. it... <laughs> there's some some good bits I mean, you know what? Again, we we talk about poking fun mm -hmm. at at Star Trek. You know, the fact that they can so cleverly poke fun at the whole idea of a menagerie is, and they do it so well. Well, again, where it's this inside joke, it doesn't feel like you're you're not bullying Star Trek and talking about the menagerie, but it's kind of like it's it's like Paul, you said it best. It's like a family. It's like you have a brother or cousin who brought home a date and everybody knew what are you doing and so long after they've broken up you still remember hey you remember when you brought so-and-so home for thanksgiving <laughs> it's just like it becomes this thing and like, like the idea of this menagerie and and this idea like man humans always getting caught in the menagerie and the <laughs> fact that they would <laughs> launch that right after strange new world yeah. it's like... especially with a back reference to it like yeah, in the no. very first episode yeah 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 no like that was so that, that's that's so inside joke yeah that's no. hilarious right like 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 when you were saying all that clive my first thought was like somewhere out there like cut away there, there, there's there's this you know family and they go like Girl, remember when you brought that guy Clyde Haynes to Thanksgiving? Oh my God, what were you thinking? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do, I don't do, I don't do family Thanksgivings. <laughs> not, not until we engage. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it's like I fully I avoided better. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Mm -mm. Um, we did finally get, um, you know, Moopsie kind of reconfined by Mariner having to, in the least, um, like. Uh, like punching someone in the face seems like the worst way possible to get a bunch of teeth out. I was like, is there really no replicator around or just like some chicken, but like, are there no bones? There's nowhere to be like, Hey replicator, give me a pile of chicken bones. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it was funnier that way, but um, especially with his bad veneers at the end, but I thought that was that was pretty wild. Probably very cathartic for Mariner to get to repeatedly punch Ransom in the face. Um, and then back to Rutherford prior to him getting finally getting his promotion. But I wanted to go through. Um, he was previously offered promotions for saving the Cerritos from the Packlets, no small parts, um, from the USS Rubinox from the space jellyfish in Much Ado About Boimler and Tendi got bills to promote him in this episode for that time he removed the hull, which is from first first contact. Um, we've talked a lot about Mariner's kind of backsliding in this episode, but do you think she actually had is, is, it's finally moving forward. There's a lot of conversation in the chat about people kind of being tired of the Mariner backslide situation. Like, I don't think she, like, ultimately, like, 
the way that I see it, and this is just me projecting, like, you know, although Mariner has a lot of, like, celebrity, like, acquaintances, mm -hmm. she doesn't have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And, like, and I think, and more, and very little, I say, family. And so, like, I think this is her family. And so, like, with her family, she that's where you can grow, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to let her, like, sabotage herself or, like, you know, they're, they're all going to grow together, like, here. And it it does take a little bit away from like, you know, her, her chaoticness, mm -hmm. but, but I think it's more emotionally satisfying. Klein thoughts. I mean, I felt like it was a vehicle that we needed to see to capstone her, her maturity. But I didn't like, like what we said is we keep saying this, right? Like we, you know, we hear the same thing that that Ransom's talking about, right? That she was she's been a stellar officer, a stellar officer, and then she keeps getting promoted and demoted, keeps getting promoted and demoted. I think the interesting thing about this situation was she talks about the fact that in the past she believes it wasn't her fault, mm -hmm. right? And this time, what she's doing is she's saying. I'm going to self-sabotage because mm -hmm. I don't want anybody else to to do this to me. And what it makes me kind of think about it is what we see is we see Mariner was actually hurt, right? That there was a sense of loss when she was promoted and demoted, right? That she wasn't actually rebelling on purpose. She was being her and... People and not quite that, understanding that. Right. And I think what we see in Ransom is a situation where he goes... No, what we want is we want you to be you because when you're you, you're at your best. And so we're not going to demote you for being Mariner. And this nonsense that you're doing right now, I'm not falling for. Like, like I feel like I got where they were going. Mm -hmm. it, it's almost like I wish we had gotten there. I wish they had done this maybe last season. Like, could we have done this one with one fewer, like, Mariner self sabotage? Yeah, like, yeah. Just kinda, we, we did one iteration too many. Yeah, but I, I mean, like where they were going. I, I think this will probably be the last of it that we see that's like her on purpose sabotaging, right? Like perhaps there might be something she gets in trouble. Like they're all going to get in trouble for something, but I don't think there'll be anything that's truly like I mean, her like, backsliding anymore. I mean, like you could get to a point where like she has a point and then like another person has a point and they're both good points and she has to stick to her guns. Like, you yeah. know, that, that's, that's what good Star Trek is, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so... Totally. The other thing I thought was really interesting is that I, f I feel like we, I'll say I, because of this being the lower decks, I think part of what we've looked at it, you know, Rutherford not getting promoted and Boimler not getting promoted or promoted and demoted or, you know, and Mariner self-sabotaging. And I think the reason why we've accepted it is because largely we're like, well, this show is about lower decks. The show is about them being incense. If they get promoted, then you know, the show can't exist anymore. It's kind of like the will they won't they, but well, you, they won't because you need that tension in the, in what they are. But what they've done is they said, no, we're going to promote them and they're going to be junior grades. And so maybe they're not quite lower decks, maybe they're lower middle decks, mm -hmm. but they're showing that, Hey, I don't know that we can have a 30 year Simpsons run, but we can have a run for a while, despite the fact that most people in the service typically are promoted at some point. And so that was actually exciting to me. It was like, oh, I don't know how far they're going to take this, but the show is not bound by them being junior grade officers. Or Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if, you know, I think Mike Booman's a pretty smart showrunner and he's, you know, had quite a few, worked on quite a few animated projects that have run for a number of seasons, but seemingly, you know, Paramount Plus has not had anything run for more than five seasons besides maybe Yellowstone. So I think he's also, you know, as much as I don't want any of our Star Treks to ever end, I do wonder if there is some grander plan or like a slight plan of action for if the oh. series ever has to come to an end. Sounds like a Mariah theory to me. Are you thinking spinoff Mariah? Well, I think it's and don't say peanut hamper spinner. Spin <laughs> no. There, I said it. I do think it's interesting that they're bringing <laughs> in to Lynn because she is like this ensign. You know, I feel like maybe there is that chance of like 
are there new characters that could come in and they could even oh. be voiced by the same voice actors, you know, if you wanted to keep the same kind of vibes going and do you just like then move to the next set of junior grades once we, sure, once we sure, get sure. Like, like make a big soap opera of it. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, and then we see them and they are the B, you know, the C plots that we get from our senior officers. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And that's, that's a potential. Imagine like a, a cartoon soap opera that that starts like that. That'd be amazing. I, I would I would love it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Um, just to also add some tension to our per, our theorizing about this weird mystery ship. Um, so this episode, the title is a riff off of a Harlan Ellison short story. I have no mouth, but I must scream, um, which is a sci-fi dystopian uh, Cold War type situation. So maybe there's a clue to this ship that is destroying everything. Mm. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Potentially. I don't know. Just thought it was a fun reference. Um, uh, just reiterating again, if anyone wants to send me a moopsie, I will um, send you an address because I'm not crafty. Um, and I'm obsessed and I need a plushie right away in my life. Um, anything else y'all want to say about I have no bones yet I must flee? No, I think I think nope. we got it. Like you know, like uh, I think I think this is a really good start to the mm-hmm. season. Like uh, I, if there is better, I could not come up with it. You know, like we're 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 at S tier level. You know, if- yeah, it's really firing on all cylinders. It's also exciting to see. There's been a lot of so like uh, I think um, who who wrote this episode. Um, uh, Aaron uh, Burdett, this is his first um, written by credit for Lower Decks. I think he started out as like a writer's assistant and has moved up. So like, I just like shouting out shows that seem to be, you know, doing things right by their writers and their staff <laughs> um, in wake of the strike and also terrible things coming out about other showrunners and comedy oh, places. Goodness. Um, Megan Lloyd, who directed this episode, started out as a boards illustrator. Um, so, you know, it's nice to see people who've been working on this show for a long time getting to rise the ranks as they should, as the entertainment industry should do. Um, studios, pay pay everyone, support the strike. Also, I think last week I had said there was the Star Trek strike happening, and I said it was last week. It's actually tomorrow. It is tomorrow. It is September 8th for Star Trek Day. Um, which makes more sense why it's planned for that day. Um, so there are pickets that you can join on the West Coast and the East Coast. Um, and we've been tweeting that information on our account. Uh, Mariah, have you ever been to a Star Trek day? I have been to a Star Trek day, but you know, that was run by Paramount Plus and I'm not supporting the studios currently. So oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did see they're having some some programming, I think was all pre-taped, which... <laughs> Like pre-strike, I guess. Yeah, it has to be pre. Well, I did notice a lot of the people doing stuff were like drag queens, but I know one of the drag queens in SAG, so I don't know. And then like a lot of the lower decks people, so I don't know if they just like Jerry O'Connell is hosting. I think. But like Jerry O'Connell, you know, still like you know, it's it's still SAG. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. The writing is Iatsi, but like the the. Anyway, uh, part of what what Paul is getting at is last year on Star Trek Day. Mariah got to go and do fun stuff. Yeah. And I missed it. And now I may never get to do it again because, well, the studios are the studios. Yeah. Wow. Right. You know, oh, I, oh my God, Clyde. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't I didn't mean to, to, mm-hmm. to imply to that at salt all. In the wound. Yeah. I was you just know. saying, you know, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, the um, studios will come back to the bargaining table and we'll give our writers and our actors what they deserve. Although an IATSE strike is also coming um <laughs> in the next couple of weeks um Jeez. so we shall see but i hope all of these workers who make all of the things that we love get their fair share and the payments that they deserve and by next year we can have a really great time at star trek day because everyone is making money right. <laughs> you me you and me mariah we're gonna make it happen <laughs> um yes anyway you can see us again next week. We will be back live on Thursday on YouTube. Um, the audio episodes will be dropping on the weekend. Um, and we will continue talking about Lower Decks. Um, you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple. Uh, you can also leave us five stars on Spotify. Visit StarTrekPod.co for links to all of those places as well as to our Patreon 
Um, Clyde, can you remind people where we are on Twitter? Or I guess X, whatever it's called now. That thing that people send messages and DMs to, you can reach us at, at Star Trek Pod. Indeed. Thank you, Karen, for helping us out. We appreciate you for running that space for us. Um, and we will see you all next week on Star Trek Discovery Pod. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Laters. Bye.